All right, another live Saturday on Mild Sauce. <laughs> we are here with the Steve Bright Rock Discovery Show. Um, we've got an awesome fucking setup for you guys today. Um, this week, we're going to be dipping into a badass fucking concert that played last Friday night at Chi-Town Football. Um, it was a great set. It was a whole bunch of awesome Chicago acts. We had uh, Molka Jette, Primitive Teeth, Warrior Tribes, Social Quarantine, and Futura. And in addition to that, we're going to be playing a bunch of other badass hardcore. Um, as the title of this week's episode suggested, we've got a lot of badass ladies that are going to be representing um, most of the backs we have. Not every one of them, but most of them are either uh, strong female fronted or um, full of badass female musicians. So just an awesome show set up for you guys today. Um, just want to give shout outs, uh, first before we get too, uh, deep into this to, uh, three piece. Okay. An awesome show this morning. Uh, great conversation. And, um, with that, I think we're going to be dipping into our beer this week. And I've picked this one out. We got five rabbit golden ale. Five rabbit is another awesome Chicago brewing, uh, company. They're out of Bedford park, Illinois. And today we've got their golden ale. It's a 5.3 ABV. It's a nice, smooth drinking. Uh, as you can see, nice, smooth drinking <laughs> cocktail for a nice Saturday afternoon. And, um, you know, I got to say, I like these guys. I was trying to get uh, Chinga Tupelo, but they, uh, it's a little bit hard to find in the city, you know. So this is the next best thing. And I think coming out of that, we could dive right into uh, the shirt I got on, which will lead us into our next song. So this leads into a little bit of the main feature that's going to be going on later in the episode. This was a shirt from uh, Primitive Teeth, and they were one of the bands that played Friday night. They were a fantastic band, three-piece. They really fucking rocked it out. Um, to me, they had a very strong um, sense of like that badass Riot girl sound, like Slater Kinney from uh, you know a few years back. You know, really cool fucking stuff, as you'll hear for yourself. So why don't we lead into that? We've got Foreign Hearts from Primitive Teeth, and that is off of the Benefit for Planned Parenthood EP.
Saturday. So we had a little bit of a swing. We had some real heavy stuff, got a little bit more uh, more introspective and uh, um, mellow, I guess, comparatively, and then back to some heavy. So keeping us all across the board uh, for usual. Sorry, everybody. I've been uh, handling the boards back here trying to make sure Steve sounds good and everything, but uh, we're smooth, man. We're good. How's, uh, how's everything over here? Doing good. Doing good, man. <laughs> I like this beer. Thing. I gotta say, I have not had this one before. Yo, you know, it's one I've seen a ton, and I honestly don't think I've had it either. But it's really goddamn good. Mm-hmm. I just took my first sip, so it's <laughs> like actually, this is a this is a true to life representation of how this beer tastes. Yeah. But damn, well chosen. Well yeah, chosen. this is a this is a nice crisp, sunny beer for a nice crisp sunny Saturday afternoon in Chicago. We're almost to spring. It'll be here soon mm-hmm. at some point. I don't know. It's still, <laughs> it's like it's cold. It's like the time you get sick. It's like cold out, but it's not, you know? Yeah, you can't yeah. judge the days. Yeah, but <laughs> I wore, th- I honest to God wore three coats to the studio today, and I don't need any of them. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. But the music was dope, man. We just had uh, Murder by a Woman by Hers, which yep. is a great name for a, for an all-lady that is uh, that's H-I-R-S. one of the I R S. That is a uh, was I right about that, or did I did I stumble on one of the two landmines of? <laughs> so we are, um, as I said, this is not a specifically exclusive ladies' club today. Uh, <laughs> right. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to step on any. Yeah. So hers is a, uh, I guess if you can describe or you want to classify it, it's in the queer core genre. Okay. So um, the lead singer is a trans female. Okay. But um, badass, badass. Um, they are currently on tour. Um, they haven't posted up any Chicago dates, but you can uh, you can bet that I am uh, on the lookout. There, where are they those out bands. Of? They are a Philly. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Philly's got a crazy scene out there, huh? Like for rock and hardcore. I feel like uh, just from sitting with you every week, like we get a lot of. Well, of course, we did the Philly episode with uh, with Paul a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. But uh, is the scene out there like one that people pay a lot of attention to in the rock world? You know, I don't think it's it's paid a lot of attention in the, like the larger mainstream. But I think you know, you get into these blue collar cities, you're going to be getting blue collar, you know, music. And yeah, I think yeah. a lot of this stuff is coming out of the working class. It's not pretentious. It's not you know, lofty. You know. Oh, I live in California. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's real. That's real. <laughs> and I never I have mean, to wear pants. I was going to say, yeah, I always have like, uh, I always have a certain amount of respect for anybody who lives in a, an area where the weather changes, mm-hmm. like where things get knocked down by snow. Yeah. Uh, but also before that, we had Nice Try by Udusik? Udusik. Oh, I almost got that yeah, one. Yeah, another great Chicago band. Um, I've seen them several times. Shout out to Udusik. Um, uh, where you caught them around, Tom? You know, um... I have seen them. I've seen them at Chi Town Football. I've seen them down in Sanctuary. I've seen them at um, Archer Ballroom. Um, I've probably caught them five or six times over the last few years. Wow! Really dig them. Um, That's a testament. See, like you're not just you didn't just like listen to it on SoundCloud. This is real, man. Mm -hmm. Steve's out here. Yeah. As a matter (laughs) of fact, um, the show we'll be uh, chatting about a little bit later. It was it was pretty cool because. 
at the show, I was kind of like, you know, looking around the crowd when you get there, as you do. And um, that was a show that was um, a lot of lead singers from Chicago bands were actually in attendance at the show last weekend. And um, the lead singer of Udisic was one of them. So um, I had a chance to uh, chat with her. We uh, Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. She was telling us about how um, they're working on a new record, but their guitarist has a little bit of medical... Um, issues so they oh, really? are yeah but they're uh, expect new music out from Odisic very soon they're um, they're in the mixing stages and uh, we'll have new stuff on the uh, with a quickness we got the exclusive Steve Bright you're here to hear first <laughs> new music from Odisic coming soon mm-hmm. uh, uh, is that something you see a lot at different shows like uh, do like certain parts of a band like uh, is there like have you ever been to a show with just like a shitload of basses because like the basses is really raw at a certain place or like you know I've I find there definitely are bands that are like bands bands um, a couple that I can think of recently was um, Drive Like Yehu they played Riot Fest um, I believe not last year but two years ago and really good shit when were they around they were like a 90s post hardcore angular deconstructing the music um, type of band. Very okay. cool stuff. Very experimental. Not experimental, but more challenging than your typical verse, for, chorus, verse, Yeah, pop trying to do something a little like yeah. existing outside the structure. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been uh, very active in the last several years, so it was a treat to actually get a chance to see them. And when I walked up there, you know, the first person I walked into was um, the guitarist from Pelican. Oh. With his family. Shit. So, <laughs> So, and it was, unfortunately, it was a great set, um, not very well attended. That's probably why I was able to kind of like sneak in and start recognizing people sure, in yeah, the crowd. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's the best, though. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another band I saw a couple years ago, uh, Sumac, and they are a little bit of a super group. So it's uh, Aaron Turner, the uh, head of Hydra Head Records, along with um, the, being the lead singer, lead guitarist of Isis. And um, one of the interesting name, yeah, (laughs) Isis before it was uh, popularized in a so uh, positive way. It's like the band Anthrax back in the day, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you know, I swear to God, I feel like because I'm a big, I'm a big Aaron Turner fan. I'm a big fan of Hydrahead Records, Old Man Gloom. You know, all these bands that he's involved with, and and Isis was one of those integral bands. And I, I. I feel like I'm, you know, maybe it's paranoia, but I feel like I'm on a complete like FBI watch list just because I like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I'm YouTubing like ISIS live <laughs> videos from like Philly. Oh or shit, <laughs> yeah, that's. And you were doing it like before it was cool, so oh, it was yeah. like <laughs> early 2000s before you know. But, like he knew Steve Bright knew about this shit way before us. I know, I know, I'm screwed. I'm. St- <laughs> well, now it's also on Twitter, so you got that. Yeah, exactly. Now it's worldwide, but no. For um, we went to see um Sumac, and it was Aaron Turner. And then it was uh, Brian Cook, the bass player from uh, Botch, and yeah. uh, another another early two thousands um, post hardcore math metal band, I guess if you uh, if you're into uh, labels. And then um, Nicky Action, the drummer from um, Baptists, a Canadian band out mm-hmm. of Vancouver, really cool stuff. Oh, really? But anyway, it was down here. It was at Cobra Lounge a couple years ago. Again, another one of these shows that was not very well attended. Mm-hmm. But while we were there, um, half a Pelican was there. Half a Sweet Cobra was there. Um, there was all these bands that were there just to see that band. And it's really interesting when you get into 
you know, these, these bar situations. And, and fortunately enough, I happened to be hanging out with a buddy who was friends with one of the guys. So after the set, you know, it was Pelican, Sweet Cobra, some of Botch, some of Baptist, some of Isis, all hanging out at Cobra Lounge drinking. And we That's just, dope. you know, partied a little bit for the night. And then See, you got to start getting these guys on the show, though, too. That's the next step. <laughs> we, we had a uh, shout out to uh, Uncouth and Sun God Ra and yep. all the uh, pe- guys that your last show review, uh, giving it love on the Internet and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. We definitely appreciate you guys watching. Yeah. Yeah. Shout outs to those guys. Uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for the props on the uh, on the socials. Much appreciated. Got to get y'all you through sometime soon. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, man, no, it's really cool. I think it's dope that there's, like, uh, you've talked a lot throughout, like, these episodes about uh, the community that exists. You know, we talk a lot about just, like, you know, the interplay of bands and artists and uh, people going to shows and whatnot. And I think mm-hmm. it's so cool that, like you said, to just have, like, that respect there, that they're coming out, checking out the set, seeing what they're doing, getting some new ideas. Yeah, um, yeah that's just that's the dopest part. Like, showing that love and, you know, yeah. supporting the scene and, you know. I all think. the things, all those little check boxes that yeah. they tell you. <laughs> Good to see it in motion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what else we got coming up? All right. So I think with that, we can kind of get into uh, a little bit of that main feature. So like I had stated earlier, we've had um, – it was down at Chi-Town Football last Friday night, and um, it was five bands, Molka Jete. And with that, this brings us to our uh, semi, uh, semi-regular segment of, you know, watch the uh, gringo butcher the uh, noble and majestic Spanish language. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right, man. I'd like four and a half years of Spanish. We'll get through this together. <laughs> Good. I'm going to need your help. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were the first uh, first band, and then we had Primitive Teeth, Warrior Tribes, Social Quarantine, and Futura. Futura was the only out of town band. They were out of L.A. Oh, really? They um, came all the way out. Uh, was that like they on tour? Was it like mm-hmm. a setup show? Okay. Yeah. So they were on. Um, they're on their tour for their new record, um, and we'll be hearing from that in a little while. But the other four bands, they were local. So um, if you're digging what you're hearing in this segment, you know these guys are definitely out and about. So uh, keep an eye out. But dope. So you know, it was um, it was very cool. Like I said, um, Molka Jete was the first band. They had. Um, they had a very, you know, raw quality about them. They were very good, but they were very young. And you can tell that they had, um, you know, I think what we're going to be hearing is off of their demo EP. So, you know, they've got growing to do, but they've got potential. And that was what was cool about seeing them and cool about seeing, you know, a lot of these young bands mm-hmm. as they're coming around in the city. Yeah, being like having seen a lot of bands like come through the city, you know, do their thing, blow up, blow out, <laughs> whatever it may be. Uh do you have like a new perspective on uh do you have like a new perspective at this point on like seeing a band at that point you know like whereas like maybe yeah. when we were all younger like in our teens and we saw a band that was teenager and they sucked mm-hmm. like oh fuck these guys you know but now it's like you know and i see like a, a young artist in any sense uh it's fun to see those things that might become things later that they Absolutely. don't even realize yet yeah yeah you're, you're you know you're totally right and i've always been you know, I think it's something that you hear a lot, like, oh, ex- so-and-so band signed to a major label and they sold out, or right, you know right. what I mean, whatever. But I do think there's something to be said about a band's earlier output. I think you're getting, you know, the undistilled, pure form and that um, the, ex- the artistic expression that they want without being distilled by, 
you know, other concerns, monetary or, you know. Well, it's I mean, like you start realizing other or, things, right? Yeah. And they start confusing you. Yeah, it's like it's, it's any art form and anything. Like mm-hmm. you start getting to that point where you know the art almost too well or something, you know? You're right. And I think, you know, there's definitely something to be said about the purity of the demo, the, the early release, you know, those first records. You know, some bands... Some bands are, you know, they've only got about three records in them. You know, some bands can exist for decades. And um, it's unfortunate when a band doesn't know when to, you know, hang it up and move on to other things. And Well, I think, like, the two things I always like talking to you about are, like, the uh, when you explained, like, your love and hate relationship with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> which is so interesting. It was always interesting to me. And I don't mm-hmm. know if we, if we talked about this on the show before, we could cut it short. But, like, <laughs> but like it's always funny to me that, like, uh, you know, I grew up, I thought, like, Blood Sugar Sex Magic was, like, such a big deal because when mm-hmm. I, that came out when I was, like, what year did that come out? Like, 90? That was, shit, that was 90, 91. Yeah, right so I was there. one years old. So to me, yeah. that was, like, even by the time I figured it out when I was, mm-hmm. like, 9 or 10, it was, like, oh, that's this is a throwback. You know yeah. what I mean? And you telling me when we talked, like, yeah, I didn't fuck with them after Mother's Milk. And to me, Mother's Milk is, like, this ancient album. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So there's, like, that side where you said, mm-hmm. like, those early. And then I, when I went back and listened to those, they are way more what I like about Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Um, but then you also, we always talk about like, uh, Rolling Stones and mm-hmm. how like, they're definitely a band they could have cut it years ago, but their whole thing when they started was just be like, who, who how far can you take a yeah. rock band? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the coolest thing about them. Like it made me respect them when I heard that theory on it, you know? Like, yeah. We just want to see how far this thing could go. <laughs> and and you, those are very good bands to fit this analogy. You know, we've had that discussion and, you know, I think dating myself, and, uh, you know, I loved Mother's Milk. Yeah. And Sorry, I'm in the danger. <laughs> not at all, not Dating at all. <laughs> but when that record, you know, I was into, and I appreciated the fact that, you know, Anthony Kiedis can't sing. Right. You know, he's not a good singer. Um, or, not to cast aspersions, but, you know, he, did, he hadn't had the uh, vocal coaching that he had on the later records. And yeah. I think that's what I appreciated. You know, he, he was singing for the passion of singing and singing for the love of the music. And I felt, you know, and I'll be, I'll be the sucker to admit that, you know, in this, in this digital 21st century, this never happens anymore. But, you know, I was waiting at the record store the day, (laughs) you know, it came out and I bought it the day, uh, blood circuit, sex magic. I bought it the day it came out. I listened to it like three times. I was like, this is terrible. Really? It was that big. It was like that big of a change for you though. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, it was funny because it was a complete overreaction on my youthful brain, but you know, I was so offended by that record. I, I sold all the old, old, uh, old. And that's so <laughs> crazy to me because I like, want to listen to them again. But then in the uh, you know ensuing years, I've bought back all the original ac- records up until and including Mother's Milk. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny too when you bring up like uh, you mentioned when Anthony Kiedis decided he wanted to start singing and whatnot, or uh, he learned to sing, mm-hmm. and that. Kind of sorry, everyone, that you had to hear both of us say that because that's gonna ruin <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers for you ever. Yeah, and, but you and, talk and about I don't, un- don't want to. I don't want like the show to be like, a, like, oh, because I've seen it a million times. You know, you look at it. Yeah. There, there's a million like shows that like, oh, this is the worst band, and I hate this. And, you know, to each his own. And I yeah, think- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't even saying it from that. But you told me a story. Like you explained uh, under the bridge to me on. Uh, when I asked you why you didn't like Blood Sugar Sex Magic, you said because it was like him trying to sing for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> You're so right. 
you know, but, I, yeah, I, it's a good analogy though for like showing that growth, you know, between like being a band before they figured it out to after. They're still a great band, yeah. like still selling millions of records. Yeah, I mean, the world. I, I can't, I can't say shit about them because right, I mean, just, they sell out auditoriums to this day. So you know, it's just I funny. Like the, I could be the odd man out, the stupid guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. Or yeah, <laughs> anybody can because like uh, the perspective on a band, depending on when you first hear them, I think it's such a cool thing, mm-hmm. you know. And that was really like the the ethos we we're trying to get through. Like we we're trying to hate <laughs> on the Red Hot Chili Peppers whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not hating. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just, it is. It is an interesting thing. Cause like I, by the time I caught that particular band, yeah. it was like a wholly different version of that band from when you met them. So mm-hmm. it was like, it, it is know, cool. We've had that conversation in different contexts too. Mm-hmm. I remember a few weeks ago we were talking about James Brown Yeah, and you know, it's, it's where you come into it and yep. you know, us being a little bit younger than when he was blowing up in the sixties, you know, um, we kind of know him for like living in America mm-hmm. and you know, that, a lot of people can consider that to be like his backslide uh, of, yeah, of creative a, output. That's but, a tough record. You know, it, <laughs> it's a tough record, but you know, you still, you still know the words. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because that's what that was around when you know we came up. That's just like one of those songs you hear and you're like, oh yeah, wait, James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's certainly a lot better James Brown. Yeah, I mean. But- James Brown is the only vinyl that sits on my on my turntable all the time. So I like, live at the Apollo sitting there right now. Every time I come home, I put that on. But uh, it is interesting. Like, I watched that. Man, I was not, not to get too deep on this. Uh, we can burrow our way back out in a moment. But I was watching, we were watching videos, or I was watching videos of, like, Prince and Michael Jackson yeah. back in the day with James Brown. You yeah. know? And, like, that was a whole perspective I hadn't seen about them. Because, like, I always loved Prince. I always loved Michael Jackson. But then, like, when you watch kind of the beef between them, you realize that Prince was way more real than Michael Jackson ever was. <laughs> and it's like, damn, when I was nine, I didn't get that. Yeah. But like now, like being older, like being able to look back and I'm like, yo, from an adult man perspective, mm-hmm. Prince was way raw. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. No disrespect to anybody on this show. But like, yeah, like you just look at it like Prince had this kind of like edginess that like. You wouldn't have picked up when you were nine watching. Prince, yeah, you know? and I think that gets into you know how they came up. You know, you think Definitely. about it, and Michael had the Jackson Five, and his you know he was commercial, was that, and Prince was like art. He was a child star, yeah. and you know he was always in that Hollywood. You know, I don't want to bubble or cocoon. You know, the, he was in that oh, performance yeah, sphere where I always felt that you know. Prince was like, you know, coming up in the uh, the Minneapolis clubs. He was just so doing he his was night, yeah. exactly, and he was he was a bar band that got big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So I think that's where that rawness, at least for him. Well, yeah. my favorite thing was that story I was telling you was like uh, they were supposed to be on Bad together, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> Prince was like, the first line is, "Your butt is mine," and I couldn't figure out which one of us was going to sing that at the other one. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, let's get out of that burrow that's hole. That's a great anecdote. <laughs> But yeah, getting back to the uh, getting back to the show at hand, we're gonna catch a couple tracks off of Molcajete, and ooh, this is where it gets bad. Um, Cade Jacet, Um It translates to what did you say? I think it's Cade Dehista. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Jake. Like I said, I am going to butcher this fine, fine language. All right, all right let's dive into this one real quick. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
We're back, Mild Sauce Live, Saturday afternoons, Steve Bright Rock Discovery Show, and we've been just uh, jamming out to Mocha Jete, and um, I'm going to need uh, Pilsen Jake's help on uh, some pronunciation. This is not, this is not an expert at all, but uh, we had No Sere Yo, Mocha Jete? Yes. And uh, Lideres uh, Revolucionarios, Revolucionarios, that's actually kind of tough. And then Que uh, Dehiste by Moco Hete. Yeah, I, I personally gotcha. apologize to our, our uh, Shout out University of Iowa <laughs> Spanish 4 teacher. But yeah, no, so like I said, they were really good. Um, it was good to see them out. They were young, they were raw. Um, they definitely have potential, and I look forward to catching some more of them in the very near future. You just so, got to learn how to say the name. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my stupidity in high school. I took German. You know, my mom did that. And she always, I grew up with my mother telling me to never take German. Yeah. Utterly useless. Completely useless. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not the best English person in, you know, myself. And when I was in high school, I told my counselor, you know, I could barely speak English. It, there's a mandatory second language. What's going to be the easiest for me? And he's like, oh, German. My dumb so you went into you went into the language department of your school and said I hardly speak English well. They were like, "Oh, we're going to put you in the this yeah. other class yeah, with these like, other oh, kids." There's so like, many German words that are like English words. It'll be real easy for you. I think if I went into like one of my classes in high school and said I didn't speak English well, they'd be like, "Hey, we have this class with all these other kids. They're special. Like you got to go over here, you know? Like you don't read good? Like yeah. what are you telling us right now?" <laughs> um, yeah, true story a little bit, you know, but I like fucking high school, the German, only class man. I failed, or no, I failed two classes. One was grammar, though. English fucking grammar. Well, that's why you uh, do art. Yep. And that's why, uh, <laughs> that's why we do what we do, man. That's yes. why the world has a way of telling you where to go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mogo Hete, tell us more about them. Like I said, they were, um, they were young. They were a three-piece. Um, as you can hear. Oh, this is the Shy town Football Show. Yep, excuse this me. This is excuse me. the Shy town Football Show. They were the first band um, that played that night. They were very cool. Um, like I said, three-piece. Um, badass female bassist. Uh, male lead singer, as you saw uh, or heard. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, they were, fuck, they looked young, like like high school age. Oh, really? Um, but were they from, from Chicago? Yep, Chicago okay, band. Cool. Um, Southside, Pilsen, uh, well. I don't know about Pilsen area. That's where they were playing, but you know, local band. Pilsen, definitely Pilsen in the city. Little Village area. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what's up. Um, yep. And then, uh, so we're like, if, for those of you just tuning in now, uh, this is the Steve Bright Rock Discovery Show. All the rock discovery for in and around Chicago land, and we are talking a show from last weekend at the Chi Town Football. Yep. For those of you who aren't familiar with Chi Town Football, it is one of the more interesting venues in the city. And uh, one of Steve's favorites as well, I know. Uh, but it's basically like it's, a, it, it's an indoor soccer field <laughs> that yeah. they also do shows at. So you could be like watching a show and then walk over and like catch like a Emma, like a Chicago fire practice or something like that. You know, I think Chi Town football is one of the coolest hidden gems in the city. Um, you know, I, and hidden is a little bit of a misnomer because, you know, people in Pilsen. You know, in that area, soccer fans, they know it. But, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, you walk in there on a Saturday night, it's like jumping. It's like mm -hmm. there's a lot of things going on. And that's the cool thing about it. You know, I discovered the place several years ago because I used to be a Chicago Fire season ticket holder. And, you know, they played down. You learn more and more interesting things about you every day, Steve. <laughs> they used to play down. Oh, they play at Toyota Park down right. on the south side, but they practice at Chi-Town Football. So, it is um, the Chicago Fire's official practice facility, and when I was a season ticket holder, 
it was really cool because that's where all the fan appreciation uh, days and the meet and greets with the team would take place. So, you know, you'd go in there during one of the uh, fan appreciation days on a Saturday afternoon and it was bumping. You know, they've got two full size fields in there and one field would have autograph signings with all, you know, all the players. You know, it was great. They were super friendly. Moving around, you know, you can just go down the line, get, get all your autographs, chat with everybody. They have live music, um, food, beverages. Um, they would have the um, goalies on the second main field, and anybody could get in line and take shots on the goalies. You know, Man, so it sucks it being a, a goalie, cool doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have, you can't sit and like sign out. Yeah, you you're getting that balls just blasted at you the whole time. That sucks. But no, I mean that's cool because I'm. Uh, the fire, I like great about that though. Yeah. You know, especially like those smaller sports. Chicago Wolves are very much like that. The, they the did fight. a fantastic job with the fan appreciation and interaction, and they did a lot of really cool community stuff. You know, I was in their promotional video about uh, two years ago. Oh, really? Random <laughs> as shit. <laughs> they did like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off type thing, and mm -hmm. we were in it. Hot take, random fact. Sorry. <laughs> But no, I mean, they, it's a cool place. And then, you know, they've got the uh, the men's league soccer's going on. They've got the youth league soccer. They've got it's pandemonium hardcore yeah. shows there. You know, everything you can ask for is in that place. And then the cool thing is, is it's down in Pilsen. You know, it's in that industrial area. So if you have a car in the city, I, sh I shit you not, this is like the only place in the city that you could just drive up easy parking yeah, that's everywhere. Great. they got their own parking lot. So there's like, you know, no problem parking, getting down there. Um, they're very welcoming inside. It's it's one of my favorite. Do spots they serve inside. drinks inside though? Holy shit, they serve drinks. They, they do. They they've got you know. I didn't think they did. They, I was like, you can get um. They've got a bar there. You see, this is why Pilsen's dope. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love Pilsen, and I love the, like the whole culture yeah. of the area. Is that like you could go to a soccer field like that? Which if you go there, you will see it is a soccer indoor soccer stadium mm -hmm. essentially. They got a full bar, right? They got a full bar, <laughs> so you can get your mixed drinks there, and then you can get your beers there. But, like, the cool thing is is you're not paying, like, like United Center prices, like, 9 12 bucks a yeah, beer. Yeah, you're paying, like, you know subterranean I mean? prices. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, it puts subterranean to shame. I mean, like, like, being real for a little bit, you know, I think you could get, like, 16-ounce cans there for, like, 4 or 5 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shout out Pilsen, man. We love you. Yeah, love Chi-Town football. Shout out to Pilsen. Shout out to Chi-Town. Um, super cool fucking place. And, um, you know, with that, we can move on to the next band that was on the list. Now, we're going to juggle around. Um, we're going to do Primitive Teeth next. Um, the track we're going to hear is called Omit. It would be the um, second track on their um, Benefit for Planned Parenthood EP that was released um, in the back half of last year. It's very cool. Um, like I said, I really enjoyed seeing these guys. Um, differentiating themselves out of Molka Jete. Um, these guys like, uh, like we heard, cause it was the, uh, it was the t-shirt song that we, uh, listened to a little bit. The t-shirt song. We got to make that a thing. <laughs> yep. Um, no, they're, um, they're not the hardcore that we've been kind of hearing peppered throughout the, uh, the episode this afternoon. They're definitely more, um, I don't know. I kind of got that, that, like I said earlier, that ride girl vibe. That late 90s, mid 90s, very cool, very intelligent, well, well musically structured, I guess. And if I could say in my uh, ham fisted way, no, I, they were great. And um, I really enjoyed listening to them. Um, they're one of those bands that uh, I look forward to absolutely seeing again. 
And with that, let's jump into the track. It was uh, Omit from Omit? Uh, Primitive Teeth. All right, let's check it out.
Outsauce Live Saturdays, Steve Bright Rock Discovery Show. We've been jamming out to uh, some Primitive Teeth, and the last track we heard was um, the next band that was on that lineup, Warrior Tribes. That was Black Lung, which yep. uh, has a great connotation to how you and I met. <laughs> uh, we're moving on from that, though. <laughs> um but no, pretty fast stuff. That was a lot faster than the stuff we've been hearing today. Yeah. Um, and that's like the thing about punk, right? Whenever you get to hardcore punk, these songs could literally be 30 seconds at a certain mm-hmm. point, right? You know, and that was, that was, I think, the primary goal of at least hardcore. You know what I mean? Like, I think punk, punk, was, its, uh, punk was a thing, but I think hardcore's initial mission statement, at least in my mind, was a rejection of that stadium rock, bloated, you know. 45 minute. Yeah, I mean, like, like no. 30, 30 second bridges, that <laughs> shit. Yeah. And again, like, you know, I'm, I'm keeping things positive, and I'll be the first to admit that I love Pink Floyd, and I love the extended, you know, we did that, st- uh, we'd, we've done Psych Rock, we've done right. Stoner Doom, so, you know, I like an extended jam, you know. But there is something to be said for that, like, stadium mm. rock here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can let it go a little bit, Steve. <laughs> but, you know, punk was a, you know, say what you got to say, get in, get out. You know, no filler, no bloated, no no stretching it out to that, you know, three-minute time limit so you could get the uh, radio to pick it up. And, right. You know, but again, in this day and age, in the 21st century, you know, do does anybody even listen to radio anymore? I mean. We do. <laughs> Well, hey, wild sauce right hey. Here, but I'm saying terrestrial. <laughs> I'm saying like terrestrial. Yeah, nobody's tuning into a dial anymore. I mean, uh, like, shit, that's why we're here on the internet. Like, we're here on Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. we. In passing, like, to show my ignorance on, like, the terrestrial, you know, analog radio world, what was it? The, uh, the oldies, 104.3 in Chicago. Yeah. So, like, for years was, like, the oldies station. And I was, like, walking by a radio, and they were playing, like, Tupac. Right. Well, now like, it's oh, shit, jams. Oldies yeah. Channel plays Tupac now. <laughs> well, now now it's become 104.3. Now it got bought out, though. Now it's 104.3 Jams. Yeah. <laughs> Throwback hip-hop and R&B, which is a little bit different than Oldies. Um, but actually, you like you touched on a very interesting point uh, for this week in Chicago with uh, Steve Dahl just today is about to go on to Loop uh, 97.9 and close that bitch out for the last time. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I mean, like... like sh- like I just said, you know, I'm I'm a fool. I haven't listened to terrestrial radio in a long time, so I I didn't know what was going on with the loop. But to hear, to hear that they're going away, I mean, that they've been around our whole existence, our right. whole lives. That, yeah, that's, that's one of those things strong. you can actually say our whole lives, yeah. like both of us. Like <laughs> I grew up, my parent, like you know, I think the legacy of Steve Dahl is one of those things that uh, is not aging well, um, based on the fact that like the disco demolition which was seen as like a fun thing back then is now being seen as like a very like racist and homophobic uh, <laughs> which it was um but yeah that was that was a in the the last century <laughs> yeah it was a while ago yeah what was that 79 79 or 77 yeah one of those two i mean 79 is such like an iconic year you know mm-hmm. like that's the birth of hip-hop the blackouts in like new york and then like yeah. disco demolition all happening at once it really changed like the dial right away but you know, the loop has just been around for so long. Uh, the, the fact that it's becoming a Christian, like, I hate that that's how everything always happens in the world. Like, how um, anytime something gets bought, it doesn't get bought by anything dope. It doesn't get bought by, right. it gets bought by, like, the <laughs> lamest motherfuckers. Like, how do they have the money to buy the loop and the loop doesn't have money to run it? Right. 
Like, who's listening to Christian Brock? No offense to the Christian. I'm sorry. We're getting. <laughs> I've been drinking all afternoon, so excuse us. But uh, like, how, how I just don't understand how that you know that's allowed to happen, and it, it feels like a consolidation of of a lot of stations in Chicago. And this is coming from the, the background of people trying to start another station. Yeah. So like, um, I think it's weird to see like some of these stations fall off, and I do think it's because. Uh, the lack of adaptation. I mean, that's the reason you see like the Tribune falling apart and the Sun Times yeah. falling apart and all these institutions we've had around the city. I don't think, I honestly don't think it's like a hate the younger people or someone buying them out. I think it's actually like they just never adapted. No, and they're, you know, you see that a lot. And I've said that a lot myself where you travel around the country and if you're stuck in cars or whatever, you know, if there's nothing else on, you're going to listen to that terrestrial radio. And I've said for years that like, Taken in context and as a whole, Chicago radio is not very good. Right. You know, like Chicago terrestrial stations. You go down to St. Louis, St. Louis has better radio than Chicago does. Got St. Louis in the room. He's he's pandering. He's pandering right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's complete honesty, you know what I mean? Like they, you can actually get variety. You can get, you know, differentiation where Chicago, it's like... For the longest time, you had you can literally hear the same songs playing. Channel, but like the oldies channel annoyed me because it was like this weird, whitewashed oldies. You know what I mean? You you were never getting the impressions on (laughs) (laughs) oldies one (laughs) hundred four. Right? No, I mean it's very real. But uh, you were never getting Sam Cooke. I do think we were spoiled back then a little bit in the sense that like now you think about the radio landscape. Like we had Q one, we had you know the Loop, we had all these different stations. Now they're all gone. You kind of just have XRT, but I will, I want, sorry, blah, 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 blah. And I thought that came in my head when you were talking is, you know, the thing about the, the loop that really made them stand out is they had great branding early on. They mm-hmm. threw great shows early on. They had iconic branding. Steve Dahl was a Instagram famous motherfucker before there was Instagram. Yeah. Like, yeah, that for, guy, knew, that guy knew how to self promote. That's what I'm saying. So like they were really out in the streets. They were like touching people. I think that mm-hmm. is a really interesting thing to talk about when you talk about the legacy of the loop is that they were one of those first Chicago, maybe the only Chicago radio station, honestly, and no hate, you know, no disrespect to WGCI or any mm-hmm. of the people that are out there. I don't even know who else is still, still yeah. around, but um, they're, they're not out in the streets like that. It's not genuine. That just, right. it, the loop had this sense of ingenuity, you know, with like, man, was Mancow on there for a while? And like, he bounced around. Yeah, like, he was there like, for a that while. That guy's like a disease that just won't go away. But he's like, you know what? He's like a disease, but also we all heard him on the radio for oh, mo- yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, so it's like he's ever present. He's like the <laughs> shit. He's like the the anti Harry Carey. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like but, the you know, like like talking about the loop though. You know, I think there's been a couple of stations in the city over the years where it's like they they transcend the precepts of what you think is a radio station. You know, I would contend that, you know, in the 70s and 80s and going into the 90s, you know, the Loop was a lifestyle brand. It wasn't like a radio station. You know what I mean? Like, you know, driving around the city back in the day, like every construction site you drove past, you'd hear that. You know what I mean? It was it was a lifestyle. People listened to that, expected it. And I think, you know, to some degree different stations kind of carried that mantle over the years you know i think you know b96 for a long time really was you know was a progenitor of like you know new stuff i think they've the eddie and jobo days yeah exactly you know but you know things come and go and and it's interesting and i think 
I wonder about like this Christian broadcasting that's coming up. Is is I don't know. I'm, like, I, don't, I don't go to church, so like is Mike there a big, Pence is, is just going to be on it every day. Thing? I don't know. No, I don't think I don't, I don't think it is. I just I don't know. Like I don't I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble and say something. At this point. <laughs> but like honestly, like like where else would you listen to Christian music? I guess I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. It's just weird that like all those things you were just talking about, like all those stations that you say like had those moments. Mm-hmm. I feel like end up having they had eras, you know. But I feel like, like they end Q101, up having one like. But what's Q one hundred and one now? Who, who the fuck knows? But I'm saying, like, is it, it's probably like it's probably like some Christian thing, you know? It's probably like probably is like it, but for but I'm saying for some reason, yeah, like, it's, the, well, it's Clear Channel and iHeartRadio are like all that's left anymore. Well, iHeartRadio is like stitching them all together, I think. Yeah, they're it, yeah, I think iHeartRadio is eventually going to buy Clear Channel. Yeah, they're going to be the only monopoly in town. But I mean, like, the thing is, I don't get how these culturally relevant things are always bought out by some shit that, like, you everyone's just like, how? How did they? How could they have enough money to? Yeah. More people are listening to Christian <laughs> Christian poems than like rock music in Chicago. I don't know. It just seems crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Uh, Steve Dahl, like we said, is gonna. I think he's going on tonight at some point. I don't know if they're going till midnight or what it is. But today is supposed to be their last day. So uh, salute to the loot uh 97.9 yeah. shout out steve Dahl, one of those like members of the uh kind of upper crust the uh, hall of fame of chicago media mm-hmm. folks that's been around forever what's he doing these days actually I'm i not think even sure. i could have sworn like that guy has been consistently been on channels and broadcasting for yeah he's like the david letterman of chicago radio you know i mean you don't see that very thing often is, with like, radio personalities to transcend Decade, not only decades, but well, like I, he was he was big in the fucking seventies, seventy nine, like disco demolition. He's a man from another fucking century. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like he's also got a face for radio, so like I feel like that's maybe why like he didn't he never like made the switch to TV and really blew up. So he's just kind of like really owned what he's good at, yeah. you know. Like no offense to Steve Dahl, but no one's really trying to look at him a lot, like. <laughs> <laughs> he was a goofy son of a bitch <laughs> looping back around though i think that's what like you know that's the cool thing about like blue collar cities like cleveland absolutely like, yeah, Philly, yeah. like chicago you know you're gonna get these guys who aren't like the la pretty boys no and that's i, mean? like I, I say models. that loving that about him <laughs> I, yeah absolutely love that about him that he was just an unpretentious like mm-hmm. completely no holes barred like that, those pictures of him at Disco Demolition, just looking oh, with like the, with the camo jacket. Like, yeah, just like his like, gut out, and like he's just drinking beers, and he's got like a half mullet thing going on. It's just like he he didn't even get dressed that well for that day. Like that's the most <laughs> iconic day of his life. Yeah, threw on a jacket, went to this park. Like I fuck with that. That's very that's dope, you know. And and real quick, from you know one South Sider to another, shout out to the White Sox. Hey, shout out the White Sox. <laughs> They know they're not winning any games this year. They're going to go play anyway. Right. <laughs> We're shooting for 2019. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, they, I love that. The Sox actually came out beginning of the season. Like, even some of the writers for the Sox are like, yeah, they're not competing this year. But they're going to play baseball. one pitch yet, it's rebuilding. It's rebuilding. Yeah, like we're not even gonna fuck with you guys. Dollar hot dogs every day. <laughs> Literally, there is no better game to go to in the city than a, hot, a Sox game. Like I love the White Sox. Like White Sox games. Like yo, Cubs fans. I'm sorry, they're fucking up your whole neighborhood up there. Wrigleyville looks like the fucking loop right now. Uh, but the White Sox, man, like they built it out a little bit, but not too much. Mm-hmm. They made it super convenient just enough they made the field dope 
and the price is not too bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I feel bad in that, you know, they are a storied team. And I think that's one thing that, you know, we as Chicagoans, we are blessed with being in a city where, like, all the major sports – like have roots in Chicago, like like founding yeah. teams. You know the Cubs, the Sox, the Blackhawks, the Bears, the Decatur Staleys. That, yeah, like like we are lucky to have like these teams that like have a hundred years of history. You know what I mean? Like, not to downplay like other towns with expansion teams, but you know we're lucky. You know what I mean? Like we could say that like oh my grandfather was rooting for the same goddamn team like 70 fucking years ago oh man my grandpa's got stories of moving uh like helping people move houses with uh buttkiss and his brothers yeah like which always like blows my mind like yeah. dick buttkiss would be like tackle motherfuckers on the on sunday and then on wednesday he'd be moving couch a buddy of mine <laughs> who i grew up with his dad was in vietnam and the unit that he was in was the unit that buttkiss was in could you imagine being in like, Vietnam with Dick Buckus? <laughs> I would feel safe as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, Dick. I'd be like, Dick, you got this? He'd be like, yeah. Just tackle everybody. Like, yeah. clothesline of, like, 15 dudes or some shit. Oh, it must have been great. Yeah. But, like, you know, being a South Sider, um, you know, growing up, you didn't even have to get on the A honor roll. You just barely make that B honor roll, and you were getting like socks tickets every quarter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's you with those grammar classes, marketing. yeah, right? Yeah, smart marketing because they were like, you know, getting the kids ingrained into baseball, into the sport. I mean, know? unfortunately enough, like the way the city goes and like the way everything else is, like the socks will never be like as then the Sox will never be like as big as uh, as the Cubs, mm -hmm. but they'll always be like a uniquely Chicago yeah. team, like. I remember there was a point, what, like 10 years ago, maybe 15, mm -hmm. where uh, Reinsdorf was singing about taking the team to Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I remember that was just like, my dad told me that. I remember it's just like, it wasn't even like I was upset. He like cut to the depths of me. I was like, what? <laughs> They're going to move to Tampa Bay? Like, that's just like the only team I would ever get that upset about, like leaving yeah. Chicago. <laughs> you know, and. and <laughs> what? Could you see the white the the Tampa Bay White Sox? That would that'd be fucked. <laughs> Have you seen the stadium for the Tampa Bay? Yeah. That's the stadium they built for the White Sox, and that is widely regarded as the ugliest stadium in all of baseball. <laughs> Don. How? You know, back in the day, though, that was that was their that was their uh, tagline. It was the White Sox winning ugly. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you might, like the the thing is, I like, got a White Sox game. You might see a father son get shit faced, drunk, and beat up an umpire. Like, Dude, wasn't it the father son team that jumped on the fucking field? A yeah, years ago? yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you might see some dudes. There was the game, the first game of the season last year. They had people in like the 300 level, which is not a good place to fight because you can fall into the 200 level really fast. Because those those are steep, oh, steep. steep fucking stairs, and. Yeah, that's like a scary place. Like you walk down backwards, like down the whole way. But like there were people fighting up there and rolling down those stairs. Like I was watching, like oh my god, they're about to go over the railing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't see the Cubs fans thrown down like that. They like throw a beer at each other and they're like, bro, who's buying these? <laughs> I forgot we had St. Louis in the house. We we have, we have friendly territory over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right, all right, all right, all right. We've gotten off track. 
We've got. Uh, we've admittedly gotten off track. We started talking baseball. <laughs> yeah, same. Sports will be fucking fully covered on the backcourt. The backcourt is coming up next. The backcourt is coming up next. Uh, what do you got? Re- coming back to our Shy Town football show. Mm-hmm. We're getting a little lengthy on the uh, the time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's where we at? To, uh, we're, let's we'll tell get back us. into it. So, so um, the way the show broke down, um, the next band we're going to play is going to be a band called Social Quarantine. And again, they're a local band. Um, during the uh, the show, I think uh, one of their uh, one of their members had a little bit of uh, difficulty, so. They came on actually out of order. They played after Futura, who was the headliner. But we'll be hearing them in a little bit. Right now, we're going to listen to a couple tracks from Social Quarantine. Um, Like I said, fucking Chicago band. They were really good. Um, Female fronted, really fucking strong, really fucking raw, angry as fuck. Awesome. So we're going to catch a couple tracks. One's called Information Overload, and the next one is going to be called To Find a Tribe. Did you want to check out this uh, Warrior Tribes other side too? Sorry. I got yeah, tip from oh, them. My bad. So this is important. So Warrior Tribes. We'll, we'll do three songs. We'll start yep. with the Warrior Tribes. This song we're going to catch from them is called Mob Clash. And the cool thing about this track is it's an Effigies cover. Effigies is ground level, early 80s Chicago punk. Um, Chicago is not known for the roots of the punk scene, but one of the fucking pillars of Chicago punk is the effigies, and this is going to be a badass cover of that effigies track by the uh, Warrior Tribes. Let's check it out.
back. Fucking jamming out to some Chicago hardcore on a fine Saturday afternoon on Mild Sauce Live Saturdays. But yeah, we heard, um, we are getting a little bit into uh, Warrior Tribes. That was that FG's cover, Mob Clash. Very badass stuff. And then we got a couple tracks from Social Quarantine. And Social Quarantine's out of where? They're local, Chicago. The last two bands we heard were both uh, both local bands. Yeah, I mean, you uh, you mentioned uh, the like generational gap between like the uh, the effigies and mm-hmm. the uh, the warrior tribes. Yeah. Uh, do you see a lot of that? Like, do you see a lot of generational crossover in the rock scene? Is that like something that's happening uh, regularly? Are you seeing like kind of, you know, in the hip hop scene, for instance, we're seeing a, uh, the first kind of like wave of that. I guess mm-hmm. like Kanye came out of Chicago, but he wasn't really coming around like helping people out. But now you're starting to see like waves of chicago from the last six years kind of come and help the younger cats out you know Uh, is that something that's happened in the rock world as well i think it if if nothing else you know in the punk scene it was almost by nature how it came up you know if you think back to you know the birth of you know american punk and hardcore you there was society wasn't down with that shit at all so like venues weren't booking these bands um you know nobody's really paying these guys so it was a it was a passion project so there was a lot of people credit black flag with Mm -hmm. being the originators of creating a social network before the internet back in the uh the 70s and the early 80s where because they were touring around and they were so dedicated to move across the country, get their sound out there. This is the pre-internet era. Nobody on radio is playing this stuff. So there's no real networks that exist. So as they were touring across the country, they were making friends. They were meeting people. They were you know, creating social connections, business connections. And those roots took hold and a lot of bands, you know, grew off of that themselves and fostered that relationship and fostered that DIY scene. And I feel a lot of that exists to this very day. You know, you look back and it goes, you know, it goes for, for decades, you know, think back to the earliest inceptions of it, you know, where, um, SST records, which put out so much seminal music back in the day, they still do. Um, it was formed by Greg Ginn, the guitarist of Black Flag, out of necessity. And, you know, he starts it out just putting his own stuff out, but then he's building the scene, fostering that DIY atmosphere and releasing bands to this day. You know, same thing can be said for Epitaph Records. You know, that was uh, Greg Hetson, the uh, guitarist of Bad Religion. Mm-hmm. He starts Epitaph, you know, they start signing bands, you know, going back all the way to like no effects offspring you know teaching them how to harmonize building that whole scene and now epitaph is like a juggernaut where you know they're putting out bad cop bad cop which was a band that we yeah. talked about you know a current awesome punk band that we talked about just a few months ago so yeah i think it's cool for me to hear like epitaph is still so relevant that was like mm-hmm. my first entrance into punk yeah. back in the day and stuff like that epitaph records was like a huge like uh, we always i always talk to you about like those old compilations that I uh, used to like pick yeah, up the and, old like, Warped Tour and stuff like that. Yeah, Punkorama, all that <laughs> stuff. Um, and that was really like my building blocks of like understanding that whole scene when I was younger. But no, it's dope. I mean, the fact that I think that's, I don't know, it's a cool thing about that, that scene, that genre and all that is that like there's a fulfillment of like years, I think. Mm-hmm. So, like people are giving back. And it's cool that you brought that up in the sense of like generational in Chicago yeah. as well. And you know, we were talking about it, you know, um, while the, the music was playing, like, you know, the question kind of came up, like, why is it so angry, right? You know? Yeah, I just... This I just is Don Rob, by the way. Don Rob. <laughs> no, I just wanted... At the stoop. Like, 
the names, the verbiage, a lot of stuff is the names of the songs, the name of the groups. It's it's very anti everything. Mm-hmm. You got like a you got groups that probably be I'm just just spitballing, but it, you know you be anti society a group yeah. like that. Oh yeah, nihilists, and they, anarchists. And then they have a song called "Too Much Knowledge," and then I'll be, I'll be like, "Why is it that?" And then I listen to the song, and from first listen, it's very very angry. It sounds mm-hmm. very angry, and then when you actually get a chance to listen, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Why is it that? Why is it that? I think, you know, it goes beyond punk as a, as a genre, and I think it's almost societal. You know what I mean? Like, there needs to be a pressure valve that's released for, like, you know what I mean? Certain personalities. Some people are, like, you know, very mellow and chill. Some people are high-strung, and I think, you know, music like this, it goes beyond genre. I mean, you can think back... And, you know, I'm no no music scholar, but, you know, you could go back to pre-punk into, you know, Iggy and the Stooges in the 60s. And, like, they're punk in everything but yeah. name, you know what I mean? And then you even go even farther back than that, you know. You could even look in the blues world with, like, Howlin' Wolf yeah. or Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Like, Screamin' Jay Hawkins is punk as fuck. Yeah. Without being like the title, <laughs> you know, without the metal. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, I, I kind of see it more so as a a societal thing, a larger umbrella like that. There, I think if there wasn't punk, there would always be something that exists. That is that 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 expression of release of that that pent up you know, aggression or energy or rage, you know, I don't, I, I think aggression or rage kind of puts it in a negative connotation, but I, I've always seen it. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, why do you listen to that heavy stuff? It, it makes you all high strong. And to me, it like, it's relaxing. Well, it's like you rage know? against the machine, you know? Like that, yeah. Like, I mean, really, cause that's, that's like, that's like the quintessential, like name of a band that would, yeah have the word rage in it, but also like you get that. It's not like a fuck everybody, kill everything. It's more of like a, fuck the man, go after the man type of situation, which I think is like very much the essence of what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, another, another little bit of a local connection. Uh, I'm spacing on the guitarist name, but he's uh, from the West side, Chicago, Chicago area native. But yeah, you know, I mean, rage, rage is another, just another expression of that, you know? And that was, I think taking, taking that, that energy of the punk scene and bringing it to a more mainstream widespread audience, like with, with kind of Zach D. LaRocha going into that hip hop, you know, space, you know, and he's bringing in some people who are more hip hop oriented into that, you know. Why do you think that rock has become less popular to everyone? Um, become more it has, why is it the general more public underground I think opposed to it being as popular as it used to be honestly I think it's it's not edgy you know what I mean in the greater consciousness it's not it's not um, again I, I, I don't know what words to use to make it not correlate as negative but it's not dangerous you know what I mean like I think it can be. I don't have to cut you off, but I think it's be. like, uh, you know, I played you that guy grandson a year ago mm-hmm. when we were looking at stuff from Toronto. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, like, and if you want, we could reference that at some point before the end of the show. But 
Like to me that I got excited about him and brought him to you because that was the first time I heard like a rock track yeah. that was incorporating other things. And it was very much, it was based in rock, but it was like a good single. Yeah. And I think singles are hard for rock. I think albums are great for rock, yeah, but I, I think th- singles are hard for rock. I think, you know, kind of looping back around, it's, it's, it's that it's not counterculture or it's not resonating counterculturally anymore. And I think, you know, hip hop lives in that space. You know what I mean? You know, um, and I don't know. I think, you know, it could be just very well the natural progression of music scenes. You know what I mean? Why don't, why isn't there any like mods anymore? Or why isn't there any like flappers anymore? (laughs) You know what I mean? I think it's an evolution and I don't know. Um, I don't know if it'll ever come back to the resonance or, you know what I mean, popularity that it was back in the day, but I don't necessarily think it's, if you look at music in the longer view, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think it's just the evolution and, you know, for the longest time, jazz was a thing and then chamber music and, you know what I mean? These things still exist, but they're not, you know, they're, they don't, they're not they don't resonate with, you know, the youthful energy anymore. And I think, you know, hip hop is where it's at with, with youthful energy and exuberance and, well, I mean, and a, you know, so that's, well, you look at like kids dancing to the Beatles in the sixties mm-hmm. and it's like, but it's not, they weren't, though. but no, there was at that time. That was like, that oh, was yeah, at that time. Yeah. I'm saying like, you look in the sixties, like people dancing, but you wouldn't see anybody react to the Beatles in 2018 like that. No, not the same. And way. it's not even to say rock or anything else. It's just that style of music. At that time, it was so crazy to them. Like, that was so new and different. And I and wonder, honestly, music is marketing at the end of the day. Like, maybe we do you think that we should do a, like a, a Mr. Mercury and Michael Jackson's type of music? Like, I know Queen to a lot of purists and a lot of guys is like, it's like fruit music or whatever. A lot of people be saying that. Mm-hmm. I love Queen. I don't know why. 70s Queen is incredible. That's, that, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, 80s what? Queen, I think they get mired in like bad keyboards and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but 70s Queen is great. But that's they were the maybe some maybe rock would come back if they did what Mercury was trying to do and what Michael Jackson was trying to do with them five songs that they say that are missing. That's a really fucking good if point. They do mm-hmm. that because at the point like that's what made Michael Jackson the pop man. Yeah, because he was like. R&B, that thing, and then he transferred into, get a song with Mick Jagger. Yeah. Him, Dancing in the, the streets. three greats, <laughs> Mercury, Mick Jagger, and Michael Jackson on a song together called State of Shock, if y'all don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> we talking about rock, <laughs> rock Discovery. Hey, that's our second Michael Jackson <laughs> reference on the, on the Rock Discovery. So <laughs> We're very much doing this out of a rap studio. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like that, to me, that was what rap is now. Mm-hmm. Rap is that. Like, is yeah. that part and rock? I love rock, and you know, you know, it, it's just to me, I hate the fact that rock has turned into a particular thing where you can't listen to it unless you know it's like a you got to go to a club and you have to know the band, you have to know these particular people, and it's cool mm-hmm. because it's like a members only type of club, <laughs> but I feel like rock rap and most of those type of genres need to be heard by everybody because, yeah. It's that. It's literally that. You don't know how you feel until you go. Like, I didn't like rock. And this is my personal opinion. I didn't like rock until I went to a place and I heard it live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, my first rock band that I saw in concert was 
system of a down. Mm-hmm. And that shit was crazy. Yeah, they're great. But <laughs> as cool as this is, I think uh, we should get back to some music. So with that, uh, this leads us to the headliner of last Friday's show. So we are uh, going to jump into uh, a little bit of Futura. And we're going to uh, check out one track. Uh, the first track we're going to hear is called Don't Leave Me. That's off their demo EP. And then the second track we're going to hear is called Eyes Wide Open. That is the title track of their newest EP that came out March 1st. So brand fucking new. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Don't Leave Me is the first one we got? Yep. By Futura. Yep. Check it out.
All right, Mild Sauce live Saturday afternoons. Um, we just got done listening to a couple tracks off of uh, from Futura out of L.A. So they are um, one of the few bands that we heard this afternoon that was not a local band. Um, these guys fucking kicked ass. I can't fucking speak highly enough about them. It was super worth it. I was so glad that they came into the town again. Had a chance to chat with the band um, a little bit before the set, and um, they were very enthusiastic. They were very friendly, um, you know, just really nice people, and that's the cool thing about these shows, these underground shows, especially down in places like Chi-Town Football, where, you know, you can interact with, you know, people in the scene. You can talk to the bands, get to know them a little bit, and that just brings a greater connection, so... Yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, you mentioned that you talked to him before the show. Do you ever find that sometimes the, the pre-show conversation can be uh, a little different than the post-show? I was with my friend, uh, a fellow writer in the city named Josh Terry, and we were at a show that he was covering, or he had covered the band beforehand, and he thought he saw him before the show. Me and him were both sitting there talking like, I don't know, I feel like talking to him before is a little weird and then talking to him after. <laughs> and so we had like a whole discussion about it, so I had to ask, like, yeah. Now, especially with this set, um, the local bands were a little bit more chill afterwards. So I was able to chat with the uh, lead singer of Mocha Jete. Uh, Mocha Jete. Hey! <laughs> hey! Maybe maybe one of these days. We almost got you there. I had a chance to chat with him a little bit after the set, and he was definitely like in chill mode. So it was cool. Um, but I'll say Futuro definitely had other places to be. So as soon as the show got done, they were, well, they were literally form. like packing their, oh, their so vehicle a, and like, so in true vet, in true veteran form, you, you scouted I let, that I out. I gave <laughs> them their, uh, their space and let them do what they got to do, you know, cause that's they're still on the clock. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a necessary beforehand <laughs> conversation. But yeah. So, I mean. Like I said, it was a great fucking show, and, and mad shout-outs to all the bands that played um, Molaket, Molakete, eh, maybe. Molakete. <laughs> there you go. And, and, and again, a, a million apologies for butchering your, your wonderful language. Um, Hit us up, come to the show, teach us how to say it. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you are always welcome to come on the show, show us how it is uh, pronounced, play well, us Mexico, can you help us out with this? We're trying to pronounce a word in Spanish. Yeah. Molakete? Here, here it is. All right. Say wait. wait. <laughs> so he knows. It. I'm trying to teach D how to say it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There it is. Now we know. There it we've is. Been really, but yeah, we've been, we've been worried. We've been saying this wrong this whole time, and you just but yeah. At the Warrior Tribe, Social Quarantine, and Futura. It was a great fucking set. Awesome. In addition to all the other uh, awesome bands that we heard this afternoon, Gloss and, and everybody else, you can uh, you can check out the website. We'll have links to all these bands and where you can pick up copies of their most recent releases. Um, mad shout outs to uh, Three Piece this morning. Um, had an opportunity to listen in uh, for a bit while I was getting ready for my show, and it was it was cracking me up. <laughs> I was enjoying the uh, the conversation. So. <laughs> Mad love to them. And then we've got uh, Backcourt coming up. And then, of course, uh, DJ's Police State later on tonight. So fucking mad love to the entire fucking Saturday Mild Sauce Live crew. Hey, we're here, man. Steve, and I need to ask you a question. What's that? I have this a show that I'm trying to develop. These guys don't know about it. I'm going to be like mankind of the radio world. 
I need you to come to my show. All right. And crash it. I need all of the mouth sauce members. <laughs> to crash you can count on me. I am in. Thank you. I love you. I'm not going to say nothing. All right. So, like, yeah, we're going to be, um, find us on Instagram, Twitter. Um, my handle Mild is Collarbone666. At Mild Sauce News. Mild Sauce News. Mild Sorry. Sauce Radio. Collarbone666 for Steve. Yep. And we got It's Kind of Hot. On Twitter and Miles House Radio on Twitter. We're all over the place. You guys got to have a search to find us a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So last song we're going to hear is going to dip back in time a little bit. And again, keeping with that fucking strong women vibe that we've been rocking out with all day today. This is a band called Yellow Machine Gun. And this is off of their 1999 album, Spot Remover. This is a track again. And this is all female, Japanese hardcore, fucking rip your face off badass. Go crazy. This has been Mild Sauce Radio. This is Steve Bright Rock Discovery Show, Episode 9. Yep, Mild Sauce. Kind of hot. I just-